I want to get into this thing really quick. And it looks like I'm only going to be able to get into one type of prayer today. You know, those of you know, we've been in a series on prayer and we've been really breaking this down. We've been in it for quite some time. You know, we skip a week. We, we go through three weeks of it and skip another week doing different things as God leads us. But I actually titled this. So this next little part, when we go through the types of the prayer will be called with all kinds with all kinds, all right? Ephesians 6.18 tells us that there are different types of prayer. So, but before we get into that, let's just, let me just hit the, the high spots of the principles of prayer. How many of you remember the principles? I'm not going to ask you. Well, maybe I will. Who remembers the first principle? You need to be praying. And why do I want, the reason I want to emphasize this is I, I had a conversation with somebody, all right, in our church that has heard all of these messages. And they understand, I'm going to point, point this out. And I, I showed them, I corrected them in a, in a loving way, and I showed them their mistake, and they realized they were wrong. But they told me last week, they said, you know, we were talking, and they said, that, they said well, you know, I just really believe that because I'm a good person, that God is going to move me where I need to be. I don't really have to do anything. He's going to put me where I need to be, and he's going to do what needs to be done in my life for it to be okay. And that's just wrong. That's just wrong. God is not going to move you. He will lead you, but you still got to take the step. Let me tell you something. God will never force his, his will on you, right? If you have a spirit that's trying to force himself on you to make you do something, you better run because that's a demonic spirit. Amen. So it's very important. If, in other words, if you, if you need to be praying out the will of God for your life, you need to be praying out that he brings people across your path to, to minister to, right? Don't just wander around this earth floating around like you don't matter, like I just deal with whatever comes in front of me. No, you pray your life out. Right? If you've led into business and you feel called into business, start praying that out, start preparing, taking classes, doing everything you can, taking steps. But that's the first big one, guys. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't do that. And it starts by he needs your prayers. He's only going to move in your life if you're going to pray these things out. Amen. All right. So, and then, of course, the second one is you've got to be specific in your prayers, you know, and uh, know what you need. Right. And then you're going to go to the scriptures because we're going to pray against, pray, pray, pray against. We're going to pray according to God's word, right? Yeah. Amen. And this is going to be my little plug right here. You know, every week I try to do a plug that drives you uh, to, to study in your word, right? I know some of you get tired of hearing those, but I don't care because the, but the word of God is everything to you. It is the, it is the key to your success to everything in this world. It really is. The word, we, we are called to live by the word. I mean, Jesus told us that in, in Matthew 4, 4. He told, and this is Jesus talking. He says, he says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. He, said, he says, man don't live by bread. Don't live by food for sustenance. Don't live by worldly things. He goes on to say, he says, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Well, that's his word. It's written, Holy Spirit inspired, right? That's what we live by. 
is so very important. And we should, we're not supposed to just live by the worldly ways and the world, worldly, uh, what the world says is correct, right? We base everything off of the truth of the word of God and that is the filter which we should run everything through and we need to live our lives according to that. And it's really cool is, is, is James, which is Jesus' brother, he even told us this was so important in, in chapter 1, verse 21. He says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and in overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. So we're going to live according to the word. But James is reminding us right there. It's not just the written word. It's the implanted word. What is he saying right there? He is saying we need to take this word. We need to feed on it. We need to study it. We need to get this word inside you. Remember what we talked about, about when you're before you get saved, your mind and your spirit and soul is all educated on the worldly ways. But once you get saved, your spirit man is made new. But we're a three-part being. We are a soul and we are a body. In other words, we have a mind and a fleshly body, right? And you've got to replace that carnality in your mind with the word of God. And you have to do that, right? And that's what he's saying right here. You've got to get that word. You've got to replace that carnality that's already in us. That's just, just a part of being in this world. You've got to replace it with the implanted word, you got to get the word inside you. You got to get it so deep and ingrained in your spirit, guys, that when the world comes against you, you can respond accordingly. You can respond correctly. And most importantly, guys, is that when you get that word implanted in you, the biggest thing that it develops in you is an unquestionable belief, which is faith. And it takes faith to please God. It takes faith to get your prayers answered. Faith, it takes faith for salvation. I mean, come on, let's just get real. Right? So there, there, that's my plug for it. You got to get in the word, guys. You got to get in. It's why um, I, 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 we always talk about that. And then, of course, the next principle is you allow the scriptures that you're going to stand on for your prayer. You allow them to get in your heart. You allow them to build up the faith. Because when you go to God with your prayer, you're about to fight a fight with the enemy because the devil wants to steal your prayer. Right? He doesn't want you blessed. I mean, you know, he wants you defeated. He wants you dead. He wants you under him instead of you being under, uh, him being under you. And then, of course, the last principle is you, is, you, is you end your prayer by praying in Jesus' name. Guys, that's how we approach God. Jesus is now interceding on our behalf at the right hand of the Father, Father and that is how we approach him. So, all those being said, now we get to get into the types of prayer because you need to know well, how... Make sure you're using the right prayer. There's a lot of people that aren't seeing the, their prayers answered because of a lack of knowledge, yeah. which is most people. Which is most, most people don't, haven't taken the time to, 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 to divide the word, to see this, and it's not difficult. It's really not. Or they, they haven't ta- there, there are ministers that won't teach all of these, the little nitty-gritty is what I call it, these little details because they think, oh, the people won't get that anyway. I just need to get them saved. Well, if we just get them saved, guys, we're not getting them. They're not growing spiritually. Right. If they're not growing spiritually, they can't become disciplers to disciple the lost. Right. You see what I'm saying? So we've got to keep them. We've got to keep growing. Yes. Growth is everything. God wants you to grow. You know, just like uh, Michelle and I had seven kids, right? She, uh, we, we adopted three. Uh, but what if, we, what if all seven of those kids, they never grew up? 
What if they, in other words, they were born and they became toddlers and that's as far as they ever got? Yeah, yikes, all right, everybody look at that. Y'all are looking at me like, please run, right? No, it's just like that. They need to grow up, the older ones grow up, and then they help the younger ones, right? And then, and then and it's just a cycle, and then the older they get, then you can let them do all the chores and you get to sit in the house and watch TV, right? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> Even though I do miss now that my kids are older now, that they're leaving the house, I'm like, I gotta cut grass again? Oh my gosh, you know? Chad! (laughs) But yes, God intends on all of us to grow. It's the same principle. God wants us to grow spiritually in the same way. And if we're not growing spiritually, guys, we're, we're, we're hindering the body of Christ. I mean, think about it. Think about it. You know, God gave, God put gifts ministers into the, into the body of Christ. He gave them evangelists, apostles, prophets, all right, and pastors. So we all know that the evangelist, is, 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 his heart is just to get people saved. Now, he can preach, preach, preach. He can get you running. He can get you jumping. He can get you all that good stuff. And I, I, that's what I call Stephen. I think Stephen's an evangelist. He's very good at that. And he has a heart for people, getting them saved, right? There's no doubt about that. And, 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 but... If all we had were evangelists and we weren't growing anybody, well, where would we be? Well, yeah, we would be in a place where everybody's saved, but we'd all be saved just looking at each other like, what's next? But see, God put in the place, that's why he gave teachers. That's why he gave pastors. That's why he's called us to come together into his local body and, and to connect and to submit and to learn and to grow and to build our faith and to live a life according to God's word, right? Amen. He wants us growing. That's the point. Amen. I don't know where I was going with that. Let me get back to what I'm talking about. We're talking about the first type of prayer that I'm talking about is the, uh, the prayer of faith. All right? The prayer of faith. And, you know, before I go into that, it really is amazing how few people understand that there's actually uh, different types of prayer. And that's one of the biggest mistakes that people make. Right? They really do. They really do. Now, Paul even talked about this in Ephesians 6, 18. That's what I, where I've got the... And I'm going to read it out of the NIV because it's the one that says, with all kinds of prayer. He says, and pray in the Spirit with all occasions and all kinds of prayer and request. Now, what Paul's talking about right here, and I'm trying not to get on a rabbit trail on this one because what Paul's talking about right here, he's talking about the armor of God, right? He's telling us to put on the armor of God. What? Well, I, mean, I will say this. What, why is he telling us to put on the armor of God? Because we're about to go into battle. We're about to fight, right? Spiritual battle is what he's preparing us for. And prayer is a significant part of that. So what he's saying right here. And the interesting thing that, that really jumps out at me right there, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, is that, is that we've got to learn to understand that about prayer. See, I, most people only pray when they're being attacked. Most people only pray when they're sick. Most people only pray when, when their finances are messed up. Or most people only pray when someone had an accident or, or when they're in some form of tragedy. But what Paul is letting us know right there, this is a part of your armor. Yeah. And what we need to do as believers, when you, when you get a revelation of who you are, we need to begin to pray offensively yeah. against the enemy. Don't wait on him to come on you. You go after him ahead of time. Because I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier to go kick his butt than it is to get him off of you when he gets on you, yeah. right? 
But a lot of people will sit and they'll wait until sickness falls on them or their finances fall into ruins and then they go to God with their prayers. Help, help. Or then they want to start getting bold as they should be, and start uh, speaking against the enemy. Remember, we're told through Scripture to resist the devil and he'll flee. All right? Side note, we'll get back to this. We're talking about the prayer of faith. All right, now understanding that everybody, uh, that there are different types of prayer, there's different types of prayer, and they all have different spiritual rules or spiritual laws that govern each one. When you don't understand this, people end up using the wrong kind of prayer at the wrong time, right? And, and, And they're not seeing any results, right? In other words, they, 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 and that's the biggest mistake most people make. They don't understand it, and they don't know how to pray to God, and they just, and they just, they just blurt something out out there, and they, they, take all, they, they take all the prayers and all, and they just lump it in one big basket, and then they throw it up to God, and now they're just hoping something happens. But see, we don't hope something happens. We pray the prayer of faith, believing because we know the word of God, which is implanted into us, and we have an unquestionable belief that it's true, and that it's for us, and that it, and, it, and those promises belong to us, and it's mine, and I just got to pray it out receive it. That's it. Believe it and receive it. Amen? But people, they do that, and they, they don't understand how to pray and all of this, and they throw it out to God, and guess what? They don't see any answers. And guess what happens? They're mad at God. Now they're mad. Well, I guess that prayer's to. I guess God wants me to carry this. I guess it's God's will that I carry this sickness. No, it's not. Why would it be God's will for Him to carry you, you, you to be sick? It, nowhere in the Word does it say He's going to make you sick. It does say that He paid the, that Jesus shed the blood to pay the price for that sickness. Right. So, listen. There are different rules, and you know, it's be, it would be like how many of you remember MySpace? Y'all are laughing, so somebody remembers it. That was social media, guys. Can you believe it? Right? So social media includes MySpace. What's some more social media? Come on. Huh? See, y'all are losing me. I don't know what some of this stuff is. Snapchat, Instagram, all of that. All right. LinkedIn, all of this. Well, listen, those are all types of social media, but I promise you, the, 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 the rules that govern TikTok would not work with MySpace. You understand? It's not happening. Of course, if you got TikTok, I'll, TikTok, I'll rebuke you at the end of service, right? That's a, you know, that came, that came preloaded on my phone when I bought it. I didn't know what it was, and I clicked it on. I said, oh, my God, delete. You know, it had to go, right? <laughs> That's a simple truth, you know. Just like sports, you know, foot, Y'all have heard me use that analogy. Sports is a big, 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 uh, a big topic, right? And football and baseball fall under that. They're both a sport, but they have different rules that govern all this. And the same thing's true with spirit, with prayer. We got to understand that. And so, don't, and guys, don't overcomplicate this. Too often we overcomplicate the word, and we and God's word is really not complicated. When you are connected with him and you are living and you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And let me just tell you this. If you're putting this word in you, you know, Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit will bring it all back to our remembrance. And I hear a lot of people say all the time, oh, I'm just waiting on the Holy Spirit to bring it back to my remembrance. Well, have you read it? Because if you ain't put nothing in here, he has nothing to bring back to your remembrance. Amen? Another, another plug for getting into your word. All right, so don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it hard. You know, that's why Jessica did a 
fabulous job Wednesday night. I mean, she dropped the mic when she got done. She did our internship, and she had to do a Wednesday night dive. And I'm, she really did a good job, guys. She really did. And most people don't understand that was a big, big step for her. Uh, but she really did great. I was blown away. Not that I wasn't expecting great things, but I was very impressed. But, and she talked about the fact that we just need to have childlike faith, yeah. right? Childlike faith means you just accept God's word for what it says, and then you act like it. But see, too often we get so, compli- we get so caught up in trying to, uh, um, to, to, re- to divide the word, and you want to rightly divide the word, guys, but you want to be careful with that because people are very intelligent today, and they want to start dividing and then dividing and dividing, and before you know it, they've spent six months on one scripture, and they've got it saying 15,000 different things, Right? That's why God says in his word, he just wants us to have childlike faith. You just trust him. He's your daddy. Just like you trust your natural mother or daddy. You don't understand when you're a kid where what food's coming from, where provision's coming from. You don't understand. You just trust them. It's the same principle, same principle, right? So let's talk about the prayer of faith really quick, right? Let me get through this so get you guys out. I know y'all are looking hungry, right? So... When do we use the prayer of faith? Now, I, I started with this one, and I've hit most of this, guys, when I was going through the series talking about uh, uh, the importance of faith being built in you before you pray, right? You've got to find your scriptures. You've got to read them. You've got to study them. You've got to get them implanted in you so that you believe, right, in order to receive. So I, I'm not going to really go into a lot on this because we've covered it, and we talk about faith quite a bit because it's very important, right? But the, the, you're going to use this a lot. You are. I don't know that this is the one you use the most, but I, most people use it a lot. Because you want to write this down. The prayer of faith is used, so simple, is used to change something. So when you're in a situation and you need something changed in your life, you're going to use the prayer of faith. When you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're going through a, an issue and, and, and sickness is trying to come on your body and you need a change, right, you're going to use the prayer of faith. When you're in a situation where your finances, you've, you've, you've made some, maybe some bad decisions or maybe you've done some things or maybe something you have no control of in the natural, but it's just hitting your business. But you need a financial breakthrough in this situation. Come on, you need some things to change, so you need to receive, right, in order to make that change. You're going to use the prayer of faith, right? So it's, it's, it's based, you use the prayer of faith to change something in your life. Now I'm talking about for you. We'll talk about when you're praying for other people later, right? Because unfortunately the prayer of faith doesn't always work when you pray for other people. You want to know why? They have faith. It takes their, right? Their faith plays into the, the equation and they have a will. I remember when I was going through Ramah, <laughs> Uh, we're going through Bible college there. And, you know, Austin and, and all them that have been out there understand this. You know, the, well, I don't know. Did y'all have assigned seating? Okay, we, I, we had assigned seating when they, I was there. I think Anna and them didn't have assigned seating. But uh, anyway, so that means that when you come into class, you know, they give you your desk and they tell you what desk you're going to sit at. And then they, they pick who sits next to you. And it was, it was meant to get people to, to know one another. And so there's hundreds of people in these classes, so... And it was kind of cool, but I remember I was sitting in this one class. And the way they did it when I was there, when you, the person you sat next to, you sat next to all day long. And there was a lady. She was middle-aged, and I was 34, I think, 
five, somewhere, somewhere right in there when I went through. And I was sitting in. She was very nice to start out with, and we were talking this, that, and other. And, and um, the, the young guy that sat next to me over here was from India. But anyway, the, the lady that was sitting next to me, she was the trouble. Because after we went through about, I don't know, three weeks of this class, she came in one day, and she told me. She was sitting there, and she told me, she said, God told me something. I said, what's that? And he said, he told me to use my faith, and you're going to be my husband. I knew then we had a problem. We had a problem. Now, she knew I was married. She knew I had children, and she knew all of that. It didn't matter. I was like, well, you keep using that faith, because I promise you, you're not going to see no results for that prayer, you know. Of course, I got moved and all this, and um, did not sit next to her anymore. But her faith wasn't going to make me become her husband, right? That was the point of all of that. There is another person has faith, and they each have have a, a will of their own. So, You use the prayer of faith to change something. And one thing that's very important to remember, it is always based on the truth of the word of God. Right? Right? It's always based. It's why we go find scriptures to stand on. And most importantly, guys, the spirit, I mean, the, the prayer of faith, there is a spirit of faith, but we'll talk about that later. But the prayer of faith does not contain an if. Please understand that. It is a prayer of faith, a prayer of unquestionable belief. Before you take your request to God, you have already read the scriptures. You already are standing on those scriptures. You already have them implanted you inside of you to the point where you cannot be wavered from the truth of that. You will believe it. You will believe it. You will believe it. It's unquestionable. There is no room for an if. Right? So if that starts to come into your mind before you go to God with this request expecting an answer, you need to rebuke Satan, get him out of the way. If that thing still keeps coming to your mind, you don't believe it yet. You don't believe Get back in the Word. Right? That's why when we do healing lines, I've shared this story many times, but when people come down to have hands laid on them, the first thing that I always ask them is, can you see yourself healed? In other words, if, if you've got a problem with your knee, can you see in your mind that that's corrected according to the, the scriptures we stand on for healing on the Word of God? Because if you don't see it in your mind, you don't believe it, right? And that, that, if, if you follow that premise, it, it, it'll work for, for any, any of your prayers. If you want to know if you really believe in the Word, do you really see it in your head? Do you really see that answer? Do you really see that relationship restored? Do you really see that finances coming in? Guys, we couldn't, we've been operating our nonprofit since 2008. And I'm going to tell you, the money it takes to do that, I mean, there's no way we could do it in our strength. We have to use these principles. And we, and thank, and glory to God for each and every dollar that has ever come in for that. Amen. Now, so it's a prayer of faith and, 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 I want to point out something very clearly. And I talk about, I was talking about believing because believing is everything. Believing is everything. I want you to go to Matthew 21, verse 21. 21, 21. Matthew. And look what, uh, look what Jesus says right here. Now, now we know, I won't read the whole thing because he just, he just cursed the fig tree. But look what he said right here. He says, Jesus, in verse, beginning in verse 21, Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith... And do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, 
be removed and be cast into the sea. It will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believe you will receive. Ask, pray, believe, receive. Pray, believe, receive. I like to say believe, pray, receive. Because if you believe it before you go to God with your prayer, there's no, no, no room for doubt. Doubt can't get in there. Doubt, doubt can't squeeze its way in. It's not happening, right? So and he's very clear about that. Very clear. All, if you, and what's a mountain? You know, what is he talking about a mountain right here? He's just using an illustration. A mountain's just a problem in your life, yeah. right? Who's, who's causing the problem in your life? That's your, that's your mountain. Your mountain can be financial. Your mountain can be material. Your mountain can be spiritual. Come on, your mountain can be physical. It can be all of these things. But you know what? If you have faith and no doubt, then you can speak to that mountain and it will be removed. I didn't say that. Jesus said that, right? And we believe the word of God. But go with me to, to I'm, I'm going to read Mark 11, 22. Y'all go, you guys know that we always read this. Uh, but this is, this is just Mark's account of this right here. But he, go, he says in verse 22, he says, have faith in God. And I like one translation that says, have the God kind of faith. It's amazing that you, you think about God. Faith is such a big topic, that, and we need to live by it, and we use it for salvation. But the thought to think that God had faith, well, faith is just calling things that are not as though it were. In other words, it, it, but he did, right? I won't get off into all of that right now, but he goes on and he says, verse 23, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be thou cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Verse 24, he's talking about getting the desires of your heart. He says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And on that note, guys, this is Jesus talking. He's talking about getting the desires of your heart. This is one a lot of people struggle with. Now, the desires of your heart can be tainted if they're influenced by just worldly influences. But if you're living connected with God, like we talked about, and you're, you're following him, you're serving him, you're controlling your flesh. Remember we talked about that? You've got to control this body because this body wants to go after everything in the world that, that will bring it pleasure. But if you're keeping that under and you're connected with God, serving him and following him all that you can and doing the best that you can with all of that, and you're being led by the Holy Spirit, guys, the desires of your heart will not be misled, right? Because this is when people get hung up on. They're like, well, the desires of your heart, uh, why should you desire a, a, a Ferrari, you know, Right? Well, I, I'm, if you've got faith to believe God for a Ferrari, I guess that's okay. You know, I, I don't care what you believe God for. It doesn't specifically say. It says that, that if you believe, then you receive. When you ask, pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them, right? But my point is, is don't get hung up on the desires of your heart. God, God wants your needs met. Now, let's just face it. On this earth, some people are going to have more money than others. For whatever reasons, well, a lot, most of that is most people are 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 made to be businessmen, and they or have a certain career, and and they're able to make money. And some people are not, and that's just the way this world goes, right? And 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 and, and where faith has got a bad name is where people try to to use it to 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 you know to believe God for a million dollars. And, and it goes back when I use the illustration all the time. God's not going to give somebody a million dollars to use in his kingdom if they can't budget the $60,000 or $70,000 a year they make now. 
right? And so then they, they don't get this million dollars that they're calling in or they're claiming that God's going to give them. And, and guess what? That gives, that gives, not only do they get mad at God, or, and that taints the, the, uh, the, 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 the title of faith and what faith actually is, right? Because yeah. you can speak to your mountain and you can claim and believe that your needs are met because God wants you blessed. He wants all of your needs met, physical, material, financial, Come on, spiritual, he wants every need met because he's, he's establishing a kingdom on earth and he wants people to be drawn to us. You ever wonder why the world is doing everything that it can today to, to tear the church apart? It's because the, 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 the God of this world is Satan. And he wants to destroy what's God. He wants to convince people in the world that the church is crazy. The church is not real. The church is not needed. The church is, we don't need any of that. He wants to give it a bad name. You know, there are, there's people now making documentaries about mega churches and, and trying to tear them apart, right? And I'm going to tell you what, I don't, I have nothing against mega churches. I've been a part of some. And, and nothing, I mean, they're, 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 as a matter of fact, the mega churches really getting people saved. They're impacting. They're making a big difference, right? But, and, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what ministry or what organization is in, that you have in this world. None of it's going to be perfect because we're not perfect, right. right? Now, I'm not giving them a free pass, those that may be do, doing some wrong things. Anyway, but the point is, is I want you to know you've got to settle in your heart that God wants you to have the desires of your heart. And, and stop getting away you are walking around with the attitude that if I'm humble, if I'm just poor, and if I'm just pitiful, then, then, then I'm just pleasing God. Well, that's contrary to his word. Because right. his word says it's impossible to please God without faith. So if you want to please God, you need to be using faith. Using faith for what? Faith to live by. Faith to get the desires of your heart. Faith to get what you need to do what God's calling you to do. Amen. And let me just tell you this, when you're talking about praying from believing God for the desires of your heart, guys, if, you're, if your desires are tainted and your desires are wrong, you're not getting them anyway. Let's just say that. The desires of your heart should line up with what you're called to do. If you're called to teach, then God's going to provide you everything you need to teach. Now, he may not give you a million dollars to teach, but he's going to provide for your income. He's going to provide for your provision. He's going to provide for your joy. He's going to provide for your family. He's, he's, you understand? You see, it's not about gaining material things, right? Amen. Because God wants you blessed to be a blessing. Listen, if, you're, if we all walked around poor, pitiful me with absolutely nothing in our pockets and, and just all of these strange things that people think of, who would want to follow that God? Yeah. Nobody would. Nobody would. God wants you blessed to be a blessing. And when you, and I encourage you, all of you guys, do an in-depth study on the nature of God. Go all the way back to the Old Testament. And please don't tell me, Pastor, we don't live under the Old Covenant. I understand that. But the Old Testament was, a, it's very significant because the Old Testament was a shadow of what's to come. When you read it and understand it and you look into there, it's a shadow of what's to come. Now, we do live under a new covenant established on better and greater promises because of Jesus, right? But when you study his nature and you go all the way back into the old covenant in the Old Testament, and I wrote just a few illustrations down, God promised his people more than spiritual things, right? I mean, I think it was in Psalms. 
They talked about how that when when the when 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 the children when 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 God was bringing the children of Israel out of out of the bondage and all of that, he he says that there was there was no feeble. I can't remember the verse exactly now. No feeble among them, which means that none of them were sick. And guys, there was like millions of them, right? He had removed the sickness from them for this purpose. But when you read, like in Deuteronomy twenty-eight, verse one, I wrote this as just one. I think if you read down. Uh, you have to read about 15 or 16 verses. But he, if you paraphrase all of that, what he's saying is that if you obey him, right, uh, they were under the law, and if you obey him, we're not under the law, right, but he would prosper them financially and materially, right? Why? Because the desires of their heart, con- were, he was concerned about the desires of their heart. And then you go bring it around to sick- sickness, Exodus 23, 25, and 26. He told them that he'll take the sickness away from them and the number of their days they would live, Right? That's because he's a good God. That's his nature. And that's, that's in the old covenant, but now you bring, there's a lot in the new covenant, in the new testament. Right? Bring it all the way back over there in 3 John 1 2. He tells us that he wants us to prosper and be in hell. Right? 1 Peter 5 7 tells us that he cares about us. He cares about you. The desires of your heart, he's concerned about. He wants you to have the desires of your heart. Now, you guys know I'm not one of these that's just trying to tell you this so you can go out there and try to get a bunch of stuff. But you should be able to believe God, but have faith to believe God to do what he's called you to do. And then the desires of your heart will always line up with that, right? Very important. And he goes on, and then, of course, Matthew 7, 11 says that he gives good gifts to his children. And then, of course, back to Mark eleven twenty four, he tells us that he's talking about that, and he actually tells us how to get the desires of our heart. Pray, believe, receive. Pray, believe, receive. Pray, believe. Everybody say, pray, pray believe, believe, receive. receive. Pray, believe, receive. Now that believing is the key. Because if you hadn't implanted this word to the point that you've developed an unquestionable belief inside your heart, inside your spirit, and inside your mind and your soul, right? Then you don't believe it. If you don't believe it, and there's no receiving. So you got to be feeding on this word. You got to be getting it in there, man. When you get this, when you get a revelation of this, guys, you will be studying your word. You'll be looking for times to study that word. And let me tell you, when you start diving into it, the Holy Spirit will start giving you revelation, bringing things back to your remembrance, and showing you things. And things will start line. Things in your life will just start lining up with the will of God, and you're not doing anything but just implanting His word and believing it and believing it. Amen. Well, so what's the point of all that? God, point is, is that God's interested in the desires of your heart. He's interested in everything that you want. And, and, and the thing is, is that he's, he's made a way in, for everything, that, that of every area of provision, or every area of anything that we need in our lives, and he's made it available to us. But to access it, we use the prayer of faith, which means we pray, we believe, and we receive. We pray, we believe, and we receive. And I want to give you a challenge this week. I want you to take Mark eleven twenty four, and I want you to make your own confession. And I want you to take just verse 24, and I want you to take the word you out of that. And I want you to implant your name. And I'm going to read mine. I did mine right here. And I want you just to begin to confess this. What do you believe in God for? Well, this should be your daily... I use, I've been doing this for quite some time. Right? It says, therefore, this is Jesus talking, I say to Alan, whatever things Alan asks when Alan prays, believe that Alan receives them and Alan will 
have them. Guys, when I continue to confess that, confess that, confess that, and I'm continuing to feed on his word, confess that, man, there's no way unbelief can come in my heart. It won't, it will hit me. And it's, guys, that's why it's called a shield of faith. It's so that when the enemy throws doubt and unbelief in the, in the fiery darts of this world against you, it can't get to you because of your faith, your unquestionable belief in the truth of the word, right? You know that God's word says that you're an overcomer. God's word says that when you speak to your mountain it will be, and you believe, and you, it will be cast out into the sea, right? Amen. Glory to God. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, whether that need is spiritual, physical, don't get hung up on that. Or material, financial, whatever the need is, God is concerned. He is concerned and know that answer is coming. And you keep confessing it. Keep confessing it, guys. And I'm, I'm going to say this again. Because somebody asked me this. Uh, because believing, after, after you pray the prayer of faith, guys, I've, I've told you many times, the enemy, this is a battle. That's why it's called the fight of faith. The devil is trying to steal your blessing. He doesn't want you healed. He doesn't want your finance, to have your finances. He doesn't want you to have your business that God's calling you to start. He doesn't want you to have a healthy family. He doesn't want you to have any of that. So, so he, when, you, when you pray, you've got to be vigilant and be ready to battle. But I want to I point out something very quick. And it has to do with um, having faith to keep your blessing. Right? Because let me tell you something. You can come into church, right in here. I'm closing with this, I promise. But you, you can come into a church, and you can sit under here, and you, maybe you've never even been in that church. Right? But when the Word of God is preached, what comes? Faith. Faith. It doesn't matter whether you expect it to come or not. Faith comes when the Word of God is preached. Why not? Because that's what, what the Bible says. That means that when the Word is preached... And it is spoken, right, on the in your spirit, you're beginning to believe it. It's how salvation works. A man gets up here, he preaches the gospel, preaches the word, the goodness of God, and all those good things. The unsaved are sitting in the seats and they hear it. And throughout the hour that they've been there, well, we hope it's an hour. It's getting more like 15 minutes now. But, <laughs> but through that process of that time, Faith is rising on the inside of them, and at the end of the service, guess what just happened? They have the faith now to go receive salvation. Because it's the same, thing, same principle with everything. And, and when people come into this environment, they may not know a lot about the Word of God, but there's a spirit of faith here, and faith comes from the Word being preached. Maybe they need healing. But they hadn't been in church very long. They don't know a lot about this, right? They may not have developed faith for healing. They may, but yet they come forth and the minister lays hands on them, as the scripture says, and they receive their healing. They're excited, man. They come out of here and they're pumped up. What just happened? Well, the spirit of faith that you can get just by osmosis, just by being in here, and I've preached on that before and I won't go into that. that. That has something to do with it. But through the word that was preached that day, their faith rose on the inside of them and they were able to come get their healing. Now, the problem comes when they go back home. Now, they go back home, maybe one day or two days later, guess what? Maybe they get to talking. Usually that's what happens. They get to talking to somebody and, 
You know, oh, that healing's not real. You know, you took an Advil. That's why you feel better, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? That plants a seed in that person's mind. And then they latch on to that, and then they start to question what just happened, the change that just happened in them. Guess what just happened? The enemy just stole that healing from them. And he'll do the same thing with your finances, with your relationships, with everything, with all. What's the point of all of this? I want you to understand something. You have to continue to develop your faith. And that only will happen by studying and reading and hearing the word of God. That's why we, guys, that's why God called us to be a, a, into the local church, to be a unified body, to come together so that we can encourage each other with our testimonies. So we can, we can hold each other accountable. We can love each other. We can, we can help each other, each other out and help them grow their faith. Keep their faith grown. Keep their faith strong. Keep their faith up there, guys. Keep that unquestionable belief so powerful in them that when somebody tries to tell them that, that before the words even get out of their mouth, they're really quick to shut them up. No, it's real. I have been healed and I will walk in it the days of my life because that's what God wants for us. And I'm going to tell you something. I saw this and I'm just going to tell this story. And I, I'm closing, I promise. I saw this with my mom. I saw this with my mom. My, I never remembered a day in my life where my mom wasn't sick. I wasn't raised in church. You guys know my story, my testimony. And I didn't understand. I was mad at God from a little kid. I can remember having to come home. In, uh, I was about eight years old, and my mom would be in a diabetic coma when I got home, and I was by myself, but I had been taught how to give her shots. And I can remember the fear of, not knowing what I was doing, hoping I did it right, and then giving her the shot. And I can remember one time I gave her the shot, and I turned around to put the needle down, and she's out of it, guys. Anybody know about a diabetic coma? And then she fell off the bed, and I can still remember her head hitting the floor. And I was just traumatized through all of that. So I was mad at God. I, 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 was, I was really mad at God for a long time. It, took me, it was one reason why I was later in life coming to Christ. But when I came to Christ, mom started, mom knew some things. She really did. She taught me some things. But I never understood because she would come to get prayed for and she had a lot of issues. And then she'd leave the church and she would, uh, it'd appear like she was fine. She was fine, you know. But then she'd go home. A few days later, I'd call her to check on her and she'd be right back where she was. I'd be like, what happened? Well, I got to talk, talking to so-and-so. And so-and-so would convince her that that's crap. Convince her that, that you don't need to go back to that church. They're lying to you. That's not real. This, that, and other. And she would always latch on to that truth. And I could never get her beyond that. I could never get her to understand that you're getting your... The healing's there. It's there. You're just trying to fight for it, to keep it. And guys, after you fight for it long enough, the enemy's going to quit quit trying to put this thing on you, right? So the point is, is don't allow the enemy to steal your blessing. Don't allow him to steal your sick, your, your, sick, your healing, right? Because he wants to destroy you. He wants to stop you. And guys, using the prayer of faith is, is key. It's key. And I think there's seven, seven, six or seven more. Types of prayer. 
Now, all of them aren't that long. They're, some of them are very basic, very simple, so I'll be able to get more of them in. Uh, so we won't be in this much longer, probably two more weeks in this, guys, and you'll have it. And you guys will be ready to go and get after and see results for your prayers, guys. And, guys, I want you to remember what I said about growth. I could have done a whole sermon on growth, and I didn't want to do that uh, because I understand we need to get back into this. But help me grow this church, guys. You know, we're in a battle. You know, we don't need to be the dinghy in the pond. We need to build a battleship in the ocean, right? It's not that I want a big building. That becomes a lot of responsibility and all of that, but I'm okay with that too. It's because of my heart for people. I want to do what we're called to do. I, want, I don't want to sit next to my friend. At, at work. I promise you, everybody that I works around, contractors that work around me, they know. If you come hanging around me too long, I'm going to get you saved or get you out of there one, you know? Right? Don't sit next to your friends at work. Understand the times that we're in and what's happening in the world right now. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of things going on. All that means is we need to ramp up our game, grow this church, reach the lost. If you've got a family member that don't know Jesus, man, reach out to them. Reach out to them. Please don't have a parent. And you're wondering. And even if they want to argue with you, listen, take that argument. Take that argument. I'd rather take the argument and see them in heaven than to take the harm, argue, than not to take the argument to, to, to not offend them in this lifetime, Right? Guys, we need to be doing what we're called to do. We need to grow this thing. There's going to be some great... And let me just throw this out there. I know y'all are looking at me like I'm hungry. Shut up. But <laughs> we're going to be doing a remodel. So anybody that may have some free time during the week can reach out because we're going to be doing some painting and stuff. And I would love to have any hands that may be available to help do all do that. The interns have already said they would be there. Uh, Kaylee said she would be there. And so, uh, and we're doing all of this to create an environment that's conducive for growth. Amen. Glory to God. Let's pray. Father.